0: wow isn't this fantastic to be back I'm actually speaking to real people real faces which is awesome uh to do that um it's really hard sometimes to speak to a screen uh, and to be able to speak to real faces is such a blessing so thank god that you could be with us this morning and thank god that you could join us but thank god for also the way he's protected us over the, the the COVID time and the lockdown time thank god for the way he's He's provided for us, not only protected us, but also provided for us over this time. It's, you know, sometimes we just got to stop and wonder and stop and realize that God has continued to provide. You know, he's continued to provide over this time, uh, feeding you spiritually, uh, nourishing you spiritually. God has continued to provide because that's the God that he is. Uh, that he doesn't forsake his children, he doesn't forsake his people. I want to thank God he's continued to protect us and to provide for us. So this morning, um, this morning I would like to share with you from a psalm. We're going to have a look at a psalm this morning. But while you open up to Psalm 100, while you open up to Psalm 100, uh, let's bow our heads in prayer um, and uh, let's ask the Lord to, to bless this morning. And ask, his, ask him to take his word and to speak to our lives in the way that only he knows, and in the way that only he can uh, speak speak to us. So, opening up to uh, Psalm 100, and let's um, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, for this wonderful privilege and opportunity to come this morning and to to be together face to face, to to come and sing worship together, uh, to come and acknowledge just the goodness of the Lord. And, Father, we pray that you would take your word this morning and deliver it according to your perfect will and faithfully into the hearts and lives of those that are with us this morning and those who are on Zoom as well. Father, we pray that you would work with great power and great strength, great might, because we trust in you, we believe in you, Lord, and we know that you are um, uh, a God who loves your people and wants to build them up uh, into perfect faith. So, Father, we pray your blessing on us now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Psalm 100. Psalm 100. It's going to be an easy Psalm because you're going to be able to take this Psalm away with you today and you're going to remember it. And you're going to remember it for a couple of reasons. It's easy because it's 100. How easy is that? Yeah. No one's going to forget that after today. If I ask you next on during the week or ask you next week, which Psalm did we read? Very easy. 100. And it's also easy because it's five verses. Five verses. It may not, it may even be a psalm you want to, you want to meditate on, but also you might want to memorize it this week even, because it's five verses. Have you ever tried memorizing the Bible before? Have you ever tried memorizing verses before? Um, you know, maybe you haven't. It's actually a blessing to memorize verses. Uh, and, the, and verses that you can reflect on and you can call upon in all sorts of times and all kinds of experiences. So maybe, I'm not saying do it, but maybe it's a chapter that you want to consider not only meditating on but also memorizing it as well. So Psalm 100, um, five, five verses for us this morning that I want to share with you some thoughts on. Over the years as a church, we have, um, we've, sung, we've sung lots of songs as a church uh, and songs come and go, you know, depending on the styles and things. And we've, we've, we've introduced new songs over the years. But there have been songs, some songs that have stuck with us or stayed with us as a, as a church. And, and there have been some that we continue to sing, even though it's been 20, 30 years that we continue to sing. And I think they're treasures. They're, they're songs that are close to our hearts. Some maybe not as much. But if you've been with us long enough, you would recognize a couple of songs that I'm going to share with you now. One of the songs that we have sung and we do continue to sing and we've been singing since I was a teenager, which wasn't that long ago, but I was a teenager, right? Uh, We've been singing as a church, as a church since I was a teenager. And I still remember studying for my exams in year 12, stopping and thinking and singing a song to myself. Well, not to myself, but, but to God. Because it's a beautiful song to acknowledge what God is doing and what God has done. The song is Give Thanks you know, give thanks with a grateful heart. You know, what a simple song. Give thanks. And if you actually YouTube, you'll see that uh, there's a lot of modern versions to this song that are really beautifully sung. You know, give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ his son. What a beautiful line that he's given Jesus Christ his son. There's no other reason you enter the day to really give thanks. When you sit here this morning and you say, and you sit here and you listen to this message and you say, I can give thanks. I'll tell you why you can give thanks. Not just because it's a nice day, but most importantly, most significantly, that you have been washed in the blood of Jesus. You've been washed in the blood of Jesus. He's transformed your life. He's taken your life from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to the power of God. This is your experience as God's people. And for this reason, you can give thanks because he's given us Jesus Christ, his son, God's son. And then it goes on to say, And now, because of this, let the weak say that I am strong, let the weak say that I'm strong because there are times when the, the vulnerability of life and the weakness of life, is gonna, it's going to haunt you and it's going gonna, it's gonna to come upon you when you're going to feel there's a sense of whether it's physical weakness or tiredness of life. But let the weak say they are strong because the Lord Jesus Christ is with you and beside you and before you. This is, this is his promise that the weak say that I'm strong and let the our poor say that I am rich because God has given us all things for life and godliness. And so this is, this is a reminder to us that though we may not look, our, look at ourselves and think, you know what? I'm not as good as that person. And you might, have a, you might think of yourself in not a very nice way or not a very good way, but you need to stop, not because I'm any better or I've made myself better, but because of what he has done for me. He set me on a path of truth. He set me on a path of light. He set me on the path of life. And this is, this is why we can give thanks. What a beautiful song. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Now, if, you, if you've if you been with us even longer, you're going to remember that um, there is a song that we used to sing quite often back in the early day. We don't sing it as much now, but it says this. It says, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. And as I say those words, most of you that know the song would be able you'll you'll be recognizing the tune in your head. You know, I will enter his courts with thanksgiving in my heart, I will enter his gates with praise. Because in the old testament, when they went into the temple, they passed the gates. They went into the courts. And so what the psalmist was saying, you know what? I'm gonna do this as I come into the presence of God, as I come into into the place of worship, as I come into the place where others gather together, I'm gonna to come in with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. I'm going to come in with praise because this is a, this is a place and a con, or a state of the heart. And so we come to the place of God. Not we always say not to uh, come and see God, but we bring the Lord with us. He's already there in our hearts, and we're actually rejoicing. And so what a beautiful song that I can enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts. His courts with praise. This is a really beautiful attribute of the people of God who can be able to do this because it's very unique to the people of God. In fact, I believe it's an act of faith. It's actually an act of faith to come with thanksgiving in your heart. It's actually a demonstration of your faith. And I want to unpack that a little bit this morning because you'll uh, hopefully you'll begin to see more and more and we'll all begin to understand more and more that when we act in this way, when we live out this faith in a way of thankfulness and gratefulness, it's coming from a place where there's There is faith that is driving this. Faith is driving this place of gratefulness and and thankfulness. You know, in the world, as we come into December now, what is the world thinking about mostly? Christmas. Now, whatever your view on Christmas is, whatever your perception of how the world celebrates Christmas, I still think it's remarkable that this world still gives us a day where they can say, hey, it's Christmas. However they want to think about Christmas, it still gives us the opportunity to say, hey, do you know, do you acknowledge that this specific, or well, not this day necessarily, but the remembrance of this day is the day when the Saviour came into the world. And you know, I still find it's remarkable that we're able to still stop and have a day where we as the Christians can say, hey, do you know this is when Christ was born? And to tell the world the good news, because as we come into a time of Christmas, even now December, we as Christians need to stop and pause and say to ourselves, we've got all these days leading up to Christmas. What can we do intentionally to spread this news that Christ the Savior came into the world? Let's not wait till the 24th of December. I thought, oh, I better start telling people it's Christmas. What can we do as the world gears up for what they what they want to do with Christmas? How do we gear up as Christians to say, hey, remember, the Savior was born? Let's, let's think about ways. Let's be very intentional to tell, tell people of the greatest reason why you can celebrate. You know, when you say there's a reason to celebrate, the greatest reason why you can celebrate that a savior came into the world. That's a magnificent reason to celebrate life. And as Christians we can be the voice of this we can be that we we can sound the trumpet to say to people that Christ the savior was born. Do you remember when the angels spoke what did they say? Uh they said, "Do not be afraid for behold I bring you good tidings of great joy which will be to all people. I'll bring you good tidings of great joy." Because what God intended at Christmas time or the birth of Christ was that great joy would come into the world. Now I get it that sometimes we don't feel this great joy. That sometimes things happen in our lives that the furthest thing from us is joy. Rather it's pain, it's hardship, it's struggle. And I get, I get the fact that even today as people are listening, as you're listening to the word, there's going to be some among us, I'm, I'm assuming there's going to be some among us that feel the furthest away from any joy but I tell you the truth this morning from within God places in us a faith God places in us a faith that despite these circumstances that we're able to lift up a heart of thanks and a heart of praise and to be able to come in to his courts with thanksgiving to come in to his courts with praise and to demonstrate more than just being polite to God, but what the people of God do. This is an attribute of the people of God. We're not just being polite by saying thank you to God. It's not like we come to the end of the day and say, oh, thank you, God. We're not just being polite. What we're doing is we're, we're demonstrating the very attribute of the people of God who live by faith, to be able to come to a place and to be able to be thankful to the Lord. And this psalm here, Psalm 100, very simple psalm, very quick psalm, tells us something of the beauty and the majesty and the glory of being able to lift up this heart of thankfulness. And there are many things for us to be thankful for. So let's read verses 1 to 5. And I just want to share just some some thoughts on these verses. Verse 1. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands, or all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and not ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations this is a really really rich psalm and again I encourage you maybe to reflect on it throughout the week maybe even meditate maybe even memorize this beautiful psalm have you ever met a person who's always moping around have you ever met a person who's always unthankful you ever heard a person who's always complaining just always complaining always something to complain about have you ever heard anyone like that before or maybe you know someone like that let's not think too hard right maybe maybe you know someone maybe you know someone like that that they, they don't generally they don't generally lift the spirit of the room do they they don't generally lift the spirits of people generally someone who is always finding something to complain about always moping around always you know something it's, it's, it's the cup half empty isn't it always there's something there's always there's something yeah they're not generally people who lift up the spirits of the room and so God has called the people of God out of this to, to be people who are very very different even though they, their personalities may be somewhat maybe like that if they've called them out of that to be people who are able to lift up a heart of praise or a heart of thanks and to be a people who acknowledge and see God in all things and through all things that they may be the people of God doing the things that the Bible is teaching them to do and this psalm is a reflection of of what the the child of God is not only just capable of doing but he's called to do he's called to do the Bible God calls out to the earth and to the lands verse 1 he says um, make a joyful shout to the Lord all you lands make a joyful shout there is something about God that God says I want you to be joyful in your shouts and we know that God isn't saying make a joyful shout because he wants us to have a nice tune to the song. It's not a joyful shout because we've got a beautiful song to sing to. It's not a joyful shout because we're actually singing very loud and so somehow we're going to be really loud in the way we sing because God is saying we're going to need to make a joyful shout. It's a joyful shout because the heart is so aligned with God and so in love with God, it can't help but make a joyful shout because it loves God so much. The joy that comes out of a love for God is going to come through song and comes through word. It's not going to come because somehow we we managed to get a beautiful tune to a song. It's going to come because your heart loves your creator. And from that, what happens is that you create or you develop a joyful heart. And he says, make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Everyone is called to do this because everything is created by God all things God is worthy of all lands all people all things giving him praise and glory do you know that you know this actually I think sometimes God does things in the scriptures to reveal to us that, that, that he, even his creation is wiser sometimes than, his, than the people that he created. You know, like, remember the story when Jesus, they, they were shouting, I think, I think you know, um, um, I think they were shouting, Blessed is He, or they were shouting some praise to Jesus. And, 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 and the Pharisees came, they said, Stop them. Don't, don't, we don't want them doing this. And what was Jesus' response to them? He goes, I'll tell you the truth. If they stop, if they stop praising me or, or doing what they're doing, he goes, Even the stones are going to cry out. Because everything is called to praise the Lord. Everything is called. Let all the land shouts. Let all the earth shouts. Everything is called to cry out to God. This is the very, in very essence what he is worthy of. This is the very thing that we are called to, not compelled to do, but we're called to do this. And God is saying, you know, Jesus is saying, you know what, yeah, okay, I can make them stop. I can make them stop praising the way they're praising, but then the, the stones are going to do it, and then what are you going to do then? And what about in Isaiah? Isaiah it says he says this. And and when God was calling his people to come and he was inviting them, he was inviting to a beautiful relationship with him. And he was inviting them to come. If you're thirsty, come drink, because I'll give you water. And he's telling them all these beautiful things, you know, and he's inviting them to a relationship with him. And then he says this: for then you will go out with joy. When you know this experience, then you'll go out with joy and you'll be led out with peace. And listen, the mountains and the hills shall break forth into singing before you. is that beautiful? Again, the creation of God, what God is illustrating here that not only is this for the people of God, but his whole creation sings to him. He is worthy of all praise from all things and all people. He goes, the mountains break forth. And then he goes on to say, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands is that wonderful? Could you just imagine the imagery that everything, all the trees are clapping their hands, the mountains are, are singing with joy, the rocks are crying out and the people of God are doing, give thanks. No, that, 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 it, there's a difference. What, what the people of God understand is that when they come into relationship with him and they come into a, this, this very very unique salvation That he has sent his son to deliver us from sin and to bring us into a place of freedom, bring us to a place of liberty, bring us to a place that we can walk when the poor can say they are rich and the weak can say they are strong. Then truly the people of God with the creation of God lift up, clap their hands and rejoice and find reason to give thanks with a grateful heart. So I can understand when the scripture says here, make a joyful shout to the Lord all you lands what a beautiful introduction what a beautiful introduction and then he goes on to say this he says serve the Lord with gladness don't you love that again it's coming from a place of a glad heart he's saying I want you to serve the Lord with gladness you're going to serve him anyway if you're a Christian you're going to serve him aren't you Is there any Christian that says to themselves, oh, you know what, I don't want to serve the Lord. I'll go to church, but I don't want to serve the Lord. I mean, that's that's why we have so many problems in churches today because churches are filled with people who just like to go to church. But the idea of serving God, uh, I don't know, maybe that's for someone else to do. But the Bible doesn't ever teach us that. The Bible says the followers of Jesus, the people of God, serve the Lord in all sorts of ways. And so he says you need to serve the Lord with gladness. You're going to serve him, so serve him with gladness. Let your heart be not someone who mopes around in service, but let your heart be someone who who finds joy in the service of the Lord. Who finds joy in reaching, extending out your hand to the needy. Who finds joy in sharing your faith with others. Who finds joy in being on your knees praying for people. Who finds joy in being able to give to those who who have, have a need of some kind there is there is to serve the lord with gladness you know sometimes i think people what happens is that they they, they start to um, develop a christian faith that is happy to say uh, i will give most to jesus you know not not only jesus not all of jesus but mostly jesus and when you develop a faith that says mostly jesus you, you start to lose the joy of salvation i believe When you have a faith that says mostly Jesus, you start to shortcut things, but you only only rob yourself of faith. You only rob yourself of joy. It's like me saying, oh, mostly, I'll love my wife mostly. Or I'll care for my children mostly, most of the time, you know. Or "I'll, I'll, I'll commit to something most of the time. That's bizarre. But when we realize it's not mostly Jesus, it's only Jesus. It's only him. It's all of him Then we start to realise and understand this is the serving of the Lord. It's serving with gladness. There's many reasons to serve the Lord, but how much beautiful to be able to serve with gladness. And I'm not talking about people, I'm not talking about walking around and, and making sure everyone can see that you're glad and making sure everyone can see a happy smile on your face, though I think that's what will come from your face most times. But I'm talking about a heart that says, Lord, I want to serve you and I will serve you gladly. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing and this is what we did this morning we came before his presence with singing we we began our time together with a place of worship and a place of song and that is a beautiful thing to be able to do we come together with a place of singing and that, and that is what the people of God do we don't just do things in church because you know what traditionally we do these things we do things in church because these are the things that God we know is good for us we know it's good for our faith we know it's good for the fellowship and we come together in a place of of singing as a fellowship and as a church because we grow, we learn, our faith is even strengthened from this as well. Come to a place of joy. Come to a place of singing. Verse 3, know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Can I get you to think about this for a moment? This verse tells us three things that it wants us to remind us it wants to remind us about God. Three things that it is telling us why we should be thankful to the Lord. If you notice them, he says, Give thanks to the um, verse three, sorry. It says, Firstly, know firstly that he is God. Know that the Lord is God. Secondly, that he's creator, know that he made us. Thirdly, that he is the shepherd and we are the sheep. We are the sheep of his pasture. I want you to reflect on those three things for a moment. Who else in the world can confidently say that they know God, Creator, and Shepherd? Think about it for a moment. Who else can find themselves in such a safe and privileged place to know their God, to know their Creator, and to know their Shepherd? Think about it. Is there anything else you need to know? Is there anything else you need to be sure of? Is there anything else that life has to tell you? When people search for the meaning of life and they say, who's God? Who created us? What, where is our direction in life? Well, hang on a sec. Let me tell you. He's God. He's creator. And he's your shepherd. And so there's so much in this verse that, got, that the psalmist finds um, uh, rest in knowing that he's God. Because he tells us this, I want you to know something. I want you to know three things. I want you to know that he's God. I want you to know that he created you. And I want you to know he's a shepherd of your soul. Because there is great rest and and, and reassurance in knowing these things. And so the psalmist, knowing these things, is able to come before the presence of God and actually with thankfulness in his heart. So, so much so that God is concerned, God is deeply concerned when the people of God lose sight of this did you know that he's deeply concerned when this happens because all of a sudden what something has distracted their heart something has distracted their mind something has has captured them and 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 swayed them from these things so much so that they'll lose sight so when things do come into their lives and trials come into their life it becomes um, easier to forget that he is God he's the creator and he's the shepherd of their souls and so he warns his people I want to give you an example. Um, Romans 1, don't turn to it, I'll just read it out to you. Romans 1, he's talking to his people and he says something really significant to them. He says, um, because although they knew God, listen, although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were they thankful. Do you understand what he's saying here? He's warning the people of God. He's saying, I see what's happening in your in your life. Something you've drifted somehow. You've lost sight somehow. You, 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 you claim to know me, but your life somehow, something's gone astray. And even though they knew God, the Bible says, he says to them, they became, um, they, they didn't glorify him as God and they weren't thankful, but became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. They professed to be wise but they became fools wow this is how much it concerned the heart of God God was so concerned that when the people of God drifted from this he wanted to warn them and says you know I know you say you know me but what's happened is that you've drifted and all of a sudden your minds are on something else and you've forgotten to be thankful maybe maybe the the, the pressures of life have got to you Maybe the enemy has crept in and, and spread lies in your heart to suggest that somehow uh, I'm, I'm not your God or I'm not the creator, or I'm not the shepherd of your soul, that somehow your life is abandoned and, and, and uh, at risk of something, that somehow your life is in a vulnerable position to the place where you're gonna, you, you, something disastrous is going to happen. But remember, I'm your God. Remember, I'm your shepherd. Remember, I'm your creator. And be thankful. Do you remember the story when Jesus, he came there were, there were 10 lepers? Remember that story? And all of a sudden they, they, wanted to, they would have desperately wanted to be healed because they were outcasts in society. They were considered to be on the fringes of society and he sends them off and all 10 get healed. And so what was remarkable in the story, we know that one man comes back and he falls down and he worships Jesus and he's thankful, the Bible says, because he's thankful for the work that God has done in his life. He's realized that now he's healed. He can go on and live life as God wanted him to live. He can go and live life freely now. But what was remarkable in the story is what Jesus says. He says, where's everyone else? Where's everyone else? Why is it that just this foreigner has come to say thankful, meaning a Samaritan and not the others who might have been most likely jewish because where's everybody else why is it just one has found it in his heart to come back and be thankful to me isn't it interesting how much god has done in the lives of christians today why is it why is it that a few live like this why is it a few find it in the depth of their heart to be thankful like this and so Jesus is questioning the same thing that we question today. Jesus is questioning the same thing because this is an act of faith. This is an act of faith. This is, this is a place where we can say, Lord, you've taken me from here to here and now I'm truly thankful. Yes, Lord, even when it's really hard. Because you know, brothers and sisters, listen, in the trial we learn to be thankful and in the triumph we learn to be thankful because this is the act of faith. In the trial, the Bible says that we are to pray with thanksgiving in our hearts. And in the triumph, the Bible says, clap your hands, O you people. Shout to God with the voice of triumph. We learn to do these things because this is what the people of God do. And so the psalmist, in the wisdom of God, for whatever reason he puts it here, he wants to remind us that he's God, that he's creator, and he's the shepherd of our souls. Look at verse 4, and this is the verse that we um, that we spoke about before Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. I want us to remember some very important things about being thankful here. This is a very clear instruction. Come and be thankful. Come and bless his name. Why is this so important? I want to. I want to hopefully I want you to remember three things that I think are so important about this. Firstly, Is because it establishes a gratefulness that's a gratefulness you know how rich that is to have a gratefulness it is very very rich you know how easy if if you're not careful how easy it is to to not be grateful you know you know um um it's not necessarily ungrateful but just not being grateful And I, I can say a few things, and all of a sudden, your, your nature could, be, could lean towards lack of gratefulness. Every day of your life, if I said to you every day, or think of your parents, maybe children, young people. Or, or if I said to you, think of your children, you know, the temptation is to think, oh, the hard work, maybe. Or think of your circumstances or think of your workplace or think of other things. And if I ask you this morning, think of these things and think to yourself, you know what, why don't we just pause for a moment and let's give thanks for them. Let's give thanks for them. Imagine if we could be in a place where this is, just where, this is our, our default, this is our faith, this is the act of faith, that despite the circumstances, we can just be thankful for them. Yes, we're, we're thankful for the blood of Jesus here. We've established that. But what about the everyday things around us? This is a place we can thank the Lord for them. Imagine if I said to you this morning, what is one thing you can honestly say, Lord, I am thankful for this? What would you say? What would you say? That something you truly in your heart, there is a gratefulness in your heart, you know, that you are really grateful for what maybe God is doing in this situation or in your home situation or in your family situation or in your work situation you're truly grateful you can honestly and confidently say Lord thank you for this sometimes it's hard work because by nature there are many of us by nature find it hard to even do that But God has called us to develop a grateful heart because this is brothers and sisters it is an act of faith I'm telling you it is an act of faith to be able to see these things through the lens of God and through the eyes of God and to be able to say yeah I know on the outward this isn't looking good but when I look at in the eyes of God and through the eyes of God I can say thank you Lord for this. And in the outward, I can see this is not how I planned it to be. But if I can see it through the eyes of God, there is something I can lift up with a heart of thanks to the Lord. And this is, where, this is where faith is actioned in these situations. Imagine the Father in heaven who sees his child looking up and the Father in heaven knows the circumstances are unpleasant for them. But he sees them looking up to him and saying, Thank you, God, for just being there for me. This is, this is an act of faith. This is a child's faith to a father that they trust that he is good, he is God, he's creator, he's their shepherd. And also what it does, brothers and sisters, I believe, it cuts against or opposes the whole idea of being carnal. Because, you know, it's, very, it's a very normal thing in carnality to be a complainer. You know, complaining comes from a heart of, I, I think, from, a, from, a, from a, can, a carnality when we're always complaining. And how easy it is to, catch, to, to find ourselves in a place of complaining all the time. And to be able to stop that and say, hang on a second, stop. Am I a complainer? Do I complain a lot? Am I always finding things to complain about? You know, am I quick to complain or am I quicker to give thanks to the Lord? You know, this, this is the act of faith because the, 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 the carnal man will be quick to always complain. And find reasons to complain. But imagine the child of God who's able to stop and pause and say, Lord, I'm going to find a place of thankfulness in this. This is an act of faith. This is a relationship that says, God, you're you're in this, God. You're in this, God, because you're my God. You're in this, God, because you're my shepherd. And And I know there is a place in this where I can find a place of thankfulness. This is truly... God this is why this this I think this is so rich in the, in the scriptures and why what God is bringing us to a lot of you would be familiar with um, um George Mueller who's a famous Christian man back in the late 1800s and 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 he had an orphanage and he had an orphanage for children and and uh, I think some some records suggest he had up you know anywhere up to a thousand children coming through the orphanage um, but there's a famous story told and it's I'm pretty certain it's quite a factual story from his own diaries Um, when one morning there was no food to eat and um, he called all the children together and the staff and and they got together and they started praying. Yeah, they started praying and their prayer was this. They began thanking God for the provision of food even though there was no food on the table. Yeah, they just they came in a place of thankfulness to god lord thank you for the food now i can just only imagine the minds of children at that point if we can if we could capture they thinking is this guy all right thank you for the food or maybe they're thinking oh it's coming out soon but george knew mueller knew that no it's not there's no food you anyway, know true story so what happens um, moments later, the story goes. The moments later, a baker knocked on the door, and he told George Mueller that God had led him to bake bread that night and to give it to the orphanage. Remarkable, isn't it? Now, George Mueller didn't know that. He just found a place in his heart to thank God. But the story gets even more remarkable. Then there was another knock on the door. And just outside, the milk truck had broken down. And so the guy came and gave milk to the children in the orphanage. Now you might think, oh, coincidence. It's not coincidence. This is God. Thank you in this situation. And I know it's hard. But boy, I tell you, when a Christian can come in a place of faith and be able to find still in the midst of a trial, still in the midst of hardship, I, I get it. We, we give thanks in triumph, and, and we should. And we should learn to give thanks in trial as well. Because this is faith actioned. And I, th- I, I think that's going to do a lot, not only for ourselves, but for a fellowship as well, as we begin to sharpen each other in this way. Finally, for the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all Generation, And I just want to finish with this because this is a beautiful way to finish. Why should we be thankful? Well, he's good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. So you know I'm telling you this today. Well, if the Lord tarries, guess what? If the Lord tarries another 200 years and I'm gone and some third generation child happens to find this message on a i was gonna say cd but it's no longer a cd on online somewhere and they listen to it and they think oh it's so true god's mercies are for all generations will just continue and they're beautiful as we invest into our children today we can say to our children today you can trust the lord because his mercies endure forever, his truth to all generations. This isn't something just for now. This isn't something that we invest our whole life into just for now. This is something that can be invested into because it's going to last for generations to come. And it has lasted for generations to come. This truth is for all generations. I give thanks to the Lord for he is good, yeah? his mercies endure Forever, Let me pray for us. Let's pray. Ask the Lord's blessing on his word that we as the people of God would learn and grow and be a people of faith that are able to find always in our hearts a reason to lift up a thankful prayer and to be thankful to the Lord. Father in heaven, we thank you Lord for this morning. We thank you for the privilege and the honour of being together as your church. And for all the fellowship this morning, I pray that you would continue to work in our hearts and allow our hearts to find a place always to be thankful for what you did for us on the cross, the very forgiveness of sin, Lord, and the freedom from sin, Lord. And for every day of our lives to be a people who continue to learn how to say thank you, to be thankful for all that you've done, to come into your courts with praise and to come in through your gates with thanksgiving, my Lord. We do thank you for this. Bless your people throughout the week. Continue to encourage us and strengthen us. In Jesus' name. Amen.